Welcome to The Fifth Palette Almost Killed Me, a show that gives you a behind-the-scenes look at starting and growing a consumer packaged goods business. I'm your host, Heather K. Terry. I'm a New York City area-based consultant, and I've advised and had key roles in not only my own brands, but with dozens of others as well. My main objective is to help you avoid the many mistakes I've made or been witness to in my 10-plus years as an entrepreneur. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. I'm so happy you have tuned in this week because this is a topic that I think is really important. I know I say that every week, but it is really important. (laughs) Today's episode is titled, There's Enough Room for Everyone, or as I like to call it, Stop Worrying About What Everyone Else Is Doing. It's true. You have to understand your competition. But what happens when you start to obsess over them? nothing good. I have watched this tiny seed, this doubt over whether or not your product is good enough, practically take down founders. It's like any drama. The more you think about it, the bigger it is in your mind and the harder it is to get away from it and the friends it has created in your mind. And that's just the thing. It's something you've created in your mind. Yes, you created it. I remember when I first started Nibmore. There was a chocolate brand that had started out of the same nutrition program as us. The brand was very popular amongst our fellow classmates. It seemed that everyone knew who they were and was ordering their products. I may have been a little jealous, which we all know will seriously get you nowhere. They had started about a year or two before us, and although we were both chocolate, we were doing some fundamental things very, very differently. The other brand was doing functional chocolates. They were putting functional ingredients into their products, things like reishi mushrooms, maca powder, and all kinds of herbs and spices. We were not. At Nibmore, we were focusing on a clean chocolate bar with ingredients customers could recognize. When I developed our crispy bar, I did it because I loved the Nestle Crunch Bar as a kid like loved. I I think there's probably a few people who are out there with me on this one. So I wanted a crunch bar that met my health standards with a higher cocoa content, no gluten, no GMOs, that was organic with no slave labor, right? Amongst other things. Also, as I've mentioned before, price was a big factor for me. It was very important for us at Nibmore to put a product out at a lower price point. We knew we ultimately wanted to compete at the $3.99 price point because we knew that that was higher than a Hershey's or a Nestle's, but that was also a steal in the natural store like Whole Foods for what we were offering. For our quote-unquote competitor, this was not the case. They were selling a premium product with a lot of expensive add-ins. Therefore, their price points were much, much higher. And also, they were focusing on a niche within the natural market a very specific consumer who was looking for functional foods. At Nibmore, we were focusing on someone who shops for items that were simply better for you. Two very different products, two very different customers. And yet I was plagued. So how on earth did I view them as the competition? Well, first off, it was chocolate. So naturally being so green in business, I viewed all chocolate as competition. 
that was not super useful. It kept pulling me in a lot of different directions. More on that in a bit. I also throw back to podcast episode two and three. I didn't really understand who I was selling my products to, and I didn't really understand who we were as a brand. Part of a big mistake I think we made at Nibmore was the speed at which we brought the product to market. We went really fast. It was a very, very short timeline for people who, you know, we really didn't know how to bring a product to market. A lot of the development of the voice of the brand was very fly by the seat of our pants slash this sounds like a good idea today versus let's really sit down and hash this out. So again, do that work. It will save you time, money, and frustration. The next reason I saw this company as a competitor was that this brand seemed like someone I could chase. There was this thought in my head that their customers would come to Nibmore once they found out how amazing we were, that I would steal their market share. And you know what? They didn't. (laughs) We tried for a period of time to extol the virtues of our chocolate bars, to be just as amazing as this functional chocolate brand, and it completely backfired. I think I have really high standards, and I do, but this customer base had unattainable standards for us to achieve with our company goals in mind. The ones who did come buy our products soon became a menace to us, and we had asked them to come hang out with us, and now we were super, super annoyed. How's that? (laughs) I was resentful of these customers who were coming over, expecting us to be something else, because in word, we as a company were selling something completely different. It wasn't their fault. It was my fault. I had this idea that I could take down one competitor at a time. And sometimes that can happen. But do you know what is a lot more useful in your business? Picking and staying in your lane. More on that in a second. First, let me explain how this all hurt us and led us astray. Look, going to see what your competitors are doing can give you insight to market trends. It can inspire you. It can help you make one of your existing products better. All of that is true. But when you become obsessed with your competitors or perceived competitors, it can derail you. You could have built an entire plan for the year and everyone at your company is on board. If you become obsessed with what one or some of your competitors are doing and take your company for a long, frustrating, and expensive ride, this can really hurt growth. It can bring you the wrong customer and set you back financially. Did you hear that last part? You could suffer financially. And in startup and early stage growth, it is important to have a plan. Also, it does not inspire confidence from your team when you are all over the map. I am not saying never deviate from the plan or to never course correct if something is really not working. What I am saying is that running off on a whim to put magic mushrooms in your chocolate just because a quote unquote competitor is doing it probably won't help you or your business. In fact, it will probably do more harm than good. I have seen companies almost go out of business because someone at the top follows every trend they think is going to be the next big thing. They change the plan, usually out of fear that they are missing out. Do not do this to yourself. It could kill your company. Now, luckily, we got frustrated. We couldn't understand why all these crossover customers didn't get our product and why they had so many health-related questions. 
On the positive side, we started to understand everything about every ingredient and process of making our products. On the negative, a lot of it was nothing our target customer really cared about, and it wasn't anything our buyers at the retail level wanted to know. So we wasted a fair bit of time. So what did we do? We abandoned the inauthentic messaging we were putting out there. We sat down and we did the work. We put our flag in the sand and decided who we were as a company and what we stood for. We then had lots more time for the customer we were targeting, and the questions we were getting from customers were starting to change. So stay in your lane. You can't be everything to everyone, not in business and not in life, by the way. Just because a new hot trend is happening in your part of the industry, it doesn't mean that you should incorporate it. Sometimes it does, but more often than not, it doesn't. And I will just say one more thing on this note in terms of planning. There is a reason the phrase Rome wasn't built in a day exists. If you've ever been to Rome, and I have, in fact, I love Italy, you know that there are layers to the city. There are structures that took hundreds of years to build. Michelangelo took four years to paint the Sistine Chapel. He did the first portion of the ceiling in great detail, sort of as a test. When he was finally able to take in the view of his work, with enough of it completed to make some decisions, he realized that the detail with which he was painting was never going to be appreciated from where most people would be viewing it, the floor. They would look up and only see the general themes. So why was he practically and quite literally almost breaking his back to paint in such detail? So he course corrected. He painted the remainder of the ceiling with less detail, but still told the story he set out to tell and that he was commissioned to tell by the church. Or if you think about the church as being your investors, your family and friends, your angel investors, whatever. Now, imagine that Michelangelo went down after half of it was done, and he decided there was too much detail, but he also decided that everyone was talking about what Kim Kardashian had for lunch, and that that was a hot topic of the day, and he decided to paint the rest about that. I know, <laughs> a little silly and a little implausible, but I think you understand my point. Don't be the entrepreneur or founder who is constantly moving the goal away from your staff and customers. Don't be that person. You will have a difficult time in this, and I don't want that for you. Pick a strategy. Know your brand. Stay in your lane and stick with it for a while. You can always alter the plan if you are not getting the results you would hope for. It worked out for the Sistine Chapel. Just saying. So... In conclusion, I know it's easy to become obsessed with your competitors. I've done it, so there is zero judgment here. But I hope you've taken something away from this. I hope you've seen yourself if you've made this mistake. And if you haven't because you're just starting out, I hope you heed this warning. Do your business, not someone else's. Remember, the fifth palette almost killed me always comes out on Tuesday afternoons. To get past and current business templates and tools, go to my website at heatherkterry.com and sign up for our newsletter. If you have an idea or question for the podcast, go over to anchor.com or download the Anchor app where this podcast is hosted. And what's really cool is that you can leave me a voicemail question or an idea. It's really neat. Check it out. 
There are no bad ideas or suggestions, and I want to know what you need. So get over there and let me know. We want to hear from you. Now, get out there and do something to move your business forward. Till next time.